recording in progress. So for those of you watching, um, for those of you that have surfed in or are listening um, to this conversation, this is a UPMA presidential conversation. Um, we're going to talk about the UPMA Legal Defense Fund, um, the representation in general. Joining me today is Patrick Fisher. He is the chapter president of our Oregon chapter of UPMA. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Um, so you and I talk constantly, and we recently we had about a, a an hour conversation. I think I think it was about um, the the recent Postal Supervisor magazine from the National Association of Postal Supervisors, um, and a couple of articles in it. It mentioned this by name. Um, you know, within within the scope of the Postal Services, there are, there are two management organizations that are um, delineated in Title Thirty Nine. We'll get into that a little bit later when we talk about representation. Um, we consult with the Postal Service on issues, on workplace issues, pay, benefits, that sort of thing. We're recognized as a postmaster organization, and NAPS is recognized as a supervisor organization. They recently had a lawsuit that's been two, three years old. We'll go into that a little bit too, and decisions or opinions based on that. Um, but primarily, I wanted to focus today on um, President Ivan Butts, who right out front is a friend of mine. Um, I respect Ivan a lot. He helped me a lot in DC when I first got here um, and continues to. We're friendly. I speak at his events. They speak, they're welcome to speak at ours. And we kind of do the same thing uh, as organizations. We just do it a little bit differently. Um, so and I, I work with some of my local folks out here and, and they're great people and, and they do wonderful jobs for, for their folks. Yeah, and that's, I, I want to, we're going to talk about Brian Wagner later. Um, I don't want this at all to become personal. In fact, I've had conversations with um, with Ivan about about this, and he understands why we got to do what we got to do, and I understand why he has, to, he has to do what he has to do. But he wrote an article, um, A Tale of Two Representations, and that's that's the first question. So when we talk about representation, what does that mean to you, Patrick? Representation. Well Representation means to me one that for paying benefits, but you know if you're in a in some sort of a, a disciplinary situation as a member, um, you have us to help you out with your investigative interview to help guide the case through, um, up to and including necessary going to the MSPB uh, appeal rights for a, an adverse action decision. And and that's why we decided to do this conversation rather than try and write all this out, because. You're right. Representation, there's two trains of representation. There's wholesale representation for all our members and pay and pay talks. Then there's the individual representation where an individual member gets, let's say, in trouble. Mm -hmm. you know, investigative interview likes. And then there's adverse action. And it gets conflated a little bit because it's the same disciplinary tack. So um, for those of you that don't know, obviously discipline is discipline. You know, letters of warning, seven day or 14 day suspension. When that discipline goes longer than 14 days suspension or a downgrade or removal, it becomes what we call adverse action. So UPMA has an adverse action legal defense plan. It's delineated. Uh, Mr. Butts quotes it, quotes it accurately, uh, and then misinterprets it a little bit. And we wanted to clear some of those interpretations up. Um, so first and foremost, UPMA charges $0 for any what we call chapter member rep work. So CMRs are our trained personnel that will take you through the investigative interview. Um, 
and anything up to and including really a 14-day suspension. I'm sure you've met on lots of those kind of cases. Yeah, unfortunately, recently, yes. <laughs> and and the Oregon chapter, if you're an Oregon postmaster manager, supervisor, member of the UPMA chapter, the Oregon, cha Oregon chapter picks up 100% of that cost, correct? Correct. Okay. So, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm actually representing somebody from another chapter because uh, they reached out to me and they have the representation of their choice. So they've asked me to represent them. And for those of you who don't know, Patrick, Patrick recently um, finished a three-year stint on the National Executive Board. He was the um, Executive Vice President last year. So he has a national presence also. And that happens to, um, you know, people like personalities. I want you to represent me. But we don't make any charge. There's no upfront costs or anything. If you call for an investigative interview, you're a UPMA member, you get represent representation straight away. As a matter of fact, I mean, I've had people that have joined uh, right before their investigative interview. We, we signed them up as a member and then sit in with their, uh, to represent them in the investigative interview. So, it's... And under the ELM, with the employee labor manual for the Postal Service, you are entitled to the representative of your choice, of your choice as a member, as a person that works for the Postal Service. Um, you're entitled to what you can bring your grandma if you want. They can be your representative. If they're a postal employee, they are granted a reasonable amount of official time to do that. So, uh, but travel, if we have to stay over, anything else is completely borne by the chapter up to, we're going to talk about in a minute, the adverse action. Um, so the claim is, um, the, the Mr. Butts claims is adverse actions is a $3,000 upfront cost. Now that isn't the case, right? Right. You know, when when something becomes an adverse action, so again, you get called for an investigative interview, you've never been in trouble before, we don't know where it's going to go, right? So we go for the investigative interview, we wait for the discipline to be issued. If an adverse action is issued, that isn't upfront. We don't ask for any monies upfront at that point. You continue to get now that will move from our chapter member reps to our adverse action councils. We have um, 11 now adverse action councils all around the country, um, active and retired employees. John Surditch from Illinois heads up that committee. And once an adverse action is issued, the, the, the file goes from the chapter member rep to the adverse action council. Again, no money's change hands at that point. What happens then is you usually appeal it to mediation because that's right in the form. We always recommend you do mediation. Then you're going to appeal to the issuer. Then you're going to appeal to the deciding official. All three of those things are taken care of by the adverse action counselor 100% on UPMA. Mm -hmm. In the unlikely event, and I got to tell you how unlikely this is, and it's a little bit of the problem I have with the issue, <coughs> the, the postal supervisor issue in Ivan's article. It's very rare. Adverse action is incredibly rare. I think we currently we have 22 cases. We got nine new cases last year for a total of 22 that date back till way before the pandemic, 2018, 2019. So out of the 56,000 EAS employees, um, and we represent pieces as well in adverse actions, um, out of 22,000 potential, you know, 52,000 potential cases, we have a handful that actually end up being adverse action. So we're not talking about every time you get in trouble, what have you. Um, so those those individual cases, when the deciding official upholds the demotion, the suspension of 
15 days or more, or the removal. We then give that case to, and here's the key word, a lawyer. Right. We have a legal team in San Antonio, um, San Antonio, Texas, that takes care of all that. There's a, there's a team of them that takes care of all the work beyond that. And obviously, they're a lawyer, they get paid. Um, and we've averaged the cost out over the last several years. The average cost to, uh, of those cases is $12,000. So, so I noticed that in, in NAPSA's disciplinary um, defense fund representative uh, representation request form, it even states the representative provided may not be an attorney. Yeah, may not. I mean, I don't know. I think they have an attorney that consults. And this is the difference in the two cases. I think if we, we were going to be fair here, we would we would um, compare their di disciplinary defense fund with what our CMRs do. Right. Our legal defense plan is just that. And they don't have a, an equivalent to offer. Um, they don't have a lawyer that's going to consult with you directly as a member, really takes the case away from UPMA. We monitor it. We manage it. We pay the bills. Um, but they don't have, so when you go to MSPB, you're going to have a lawyer with you to, to argue the case at the uh, Merit Service Protection Board, which most EAS have. If you supervise two or more, if you're an exempt employee, um, you get MSPB appeal rights, just like, or you're a veteran. Um, so some, some, some members may not get MSPB appeal rights, but having said that, the many MSPBs they do at headquarters, we still have a lawyer take care of those. Um, so it, it is a true statement that, uh, um, when you get to that position, right? And you're right. So now there's just there's a couple other things. When does coverage start for UPMA? If you're I'm a UPMA member, when does my coverage start if I'm faced with discipline? Well, you're you know, we'll represent you again up until that MSVB until the time it comes to the lawyer until um, one year, which is you know partially why we have a free year dues because we're not getting to that point, but you're still getting represented up until that point. Which is why we encourage people to join up earlier. Correct. The better you, the earlier you join, the better. Plus, it's free for a year. We'll get into that at the end. Uh, right. So again, Ivan said that your free membership get, and I'll, it's a direct quote from the article now, gets you zero representation from any adverse action initiated against you by the USPS. Zero, nada, zilch. This free membership exposes you and your USPS career to the risk of termination without support. That is not a true statement. Right. That is a misinterpretation of what representation is. It is true in that first year, you will not have access to the legal defense plan and the lawyer. That is true. If the discipline is issued within a year of you joining the organization. However, what's the waiting period to get somebody with you in the investigative interview or to get somebody to appeal your, um, your, your initial steps to do the mediation, um, to do the uh, appeal to the issuer and appeal to the um, deciding official? None. Zero. There's no waiting period. If you're on your way to an investigative interview and you join UPMA, you're going to get those services no matter who you are. Now, if they issue the adverse action within a year of you joining, you will not have access to the legal defense plan. And that's the only thing you want to have access to. Right. But we're going to guide you up until that point. Right. Exactly. And we're exactly. going to be there so, with you, working with you, probably a couple of different people spent, you know, spending time on your case, getting to that point. And it may right. get to the point we don't have MSPB. If we can get it down, reduce right. down from a removal to something lower, then that's and we do that all the lawyer time. involved. 
We yeah. do that all. It's part of the reason we have so few cases at the lawyer is our adverse action counselors do a really good job on um, clearing cases up before they even go to MSPB. Um, getting a getting a mediation, getting some sort of agreement, um, we put the person back to work, we reduce the discipline, whatever it is, um, and that work comes for free. Now, um, again, in, in quoting from from Ivan's article, he actually quotes the disciplinary defense fund, and I want to compare and contrast here. So, um, the active member, this is now the disciplinary defense fund um, for NAPS. The active member must have signed an application for NAPS membership sixty days from the effective date of promotion from the craft or must have been a NAPS member no fewer than 90 days prior to the charge being issued. So you get zero representation even under the disciplinary defense fund in your first 90 days, right? And right. it could be 60 if that, I don't know why the distinction's in there, but. Um, I think it's just if you're recently promoted and you haven't had 90 days in, but. Right, yeah, as long as you sign the form the first day, and, I, and I, full disclosure, I was a NAPS member for a long time. When I was going through the ASP class, I signed before I got promoted to a 17, I'd already joined. Full disclosure, uh, I'm still a member. Right, yeah, and I would be too, except that, you know, the, the job I have, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to dissuade anybody. I think every postal supervisor should be in NAPS. That's their organization. That's the organization that primarily represents them as a whole. <clears throat> However, you have a choice, and mm -hmm. uh, we have we have almost five thousand supervisors and managers that are not postmasters that are that are part of our organization, and I and they feel as I do that we offer better services. Um, we're just trying to clear up some of the some of the uh, um, confusion around this. Um, so the other thing is cost. So you know the DDF, the NAPS DDF, they claim costs zero to the member. That isn't yeah. exactly accurate either. So I'm looking through the Constitution for them and their dues, $13 from every member per annum is applied to the their defense fund. Right. So, you know, so, right, so essentially right, everybody's right, paying right. earmarked 13 bucks a year to that, whether you use it or not, whether you're involved, whether you have a case or anything. Right. So 50 cents a pay period of your, of your NAPS dues gets put in the disciplinary defense fund, whether you need it or not. And that's fine. That's an insurance policy. That's why 90% of our members join is for career, career insurance. Uh, but the idea that it's $0 is a little species. Now, we don't do that. We only, in a very rare case, you get to adverse action, UPMA only um, directly costs an affected member, somebody that's been, that's been issued uh, discipline. So um, talk about the free year for just a minute and, and representation. You know, membership in UPMA is 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 a great value. Um, Fifteen dollars a pay period to secure your career, to give you networking um, opportunities, the education opportunities, the personal improvement opportunities that we have. It's a great deal. Right now, we're running a membership uh, promotion where it's free for the first year. We the, the National Executive Board felt that um, in order to entice people in to have them look, compare and contrast, you know, compare and contrast the two organizations. You can get, you can join for a year, see if it's for you. At the end of that year, if you continue to stay in the organization, you're immediately now you're eligible for the legal defense fund, and there's nothing that's that's um, off bounds to you. We don't we don't have any earmarks. We don't we don't charge people, um, you know, and move that monies around. It is simply a benefit of joining the organization. I think it's a premier. It's certainly the premier product in the marketplace when you consider we're the only ones that offer a lawyer um, 
and you know, regardless of the, uh, the of the stipend that we might charge. And I would add a point that would be part of that, and internally, we made a decision as a national board um, to actually pay that half a year's dues to the chapter in order to help them with the costs that are associated with with potentially representing some of those members on investigative interviews and, and mediation that's meetings. That's, 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 that's a great point. We we fully fund from the national office. We split our dues exactly 50-50 with the chapter. So that first year, the national actually funds that whole that whole deficit. The chapter's not hurt. And the reason for that is you're right. I'm not the one they're calling when, you know, postmaster of um, somewhere Oregon gets in trouble. They're calling you and it's your me. budget and your chapter that has to foot foot the bill for any travel or expenses incurred in, in representing that person. So if you've signed them up in the first again for zero dollars cost to the member to them. Yeah, we, we fully fund that. So that, that is an important distinction. Um, the other thing I wanted to uh, I wanted to touch on before we move into uh, the uh, the representation part, which is going to is a little bit different conversation. Um, in the very rare case, uh, Ivan, you know, looked at our legal defense fund. It's 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 on the website. It's on unitedpma.org. Um, anybody can look at it. Um, it there is a clause in there where, if in the opinion of our lawyer, a case is not justifiable to pursue the UPMA National Executive Board with 80% approval, mind you. It's not a, um, it's not a single vote. Um, reserves the right to cease the use of the legal defense fund. Let me explain what that is specifically. Mm -hmm. So, let's let's say Patrick gets in trouble, he, he gets fired. Um, the we, we go through the process. We're at MSPB. The postal lawyer makes an offer to demote Patrick back. Um, to a lower level, give him all his back pay, put him back to work, save his career. And our lawyer is of the opinion at that point that that's the best deal we're going to get. We're not going to get a better deal if we get a, a, a ruling from the judge. It's possible that Patrick, because at that point he's not spending any of his own money. He's already the three thousand's already been already been spent. We've got nine grand or more into the into the case. It's possible that Patrick at that point says, "No, I want to roll the dice. I think I get a better deal." If the, the legally the problem is that the, the lawyer considers Patrick the client, but Patrick's not footing the bill, UPMA is. So the lawyer at that point will come to us. And I've been on the board close to 10 years, one way or another. I think that there's been two cases where this has come before the board. Um, in executive session, the lawyer will explain the situation, say, I think this is the best deal, we'll give his, his opinion. And then we get to decide. Were you, were you involved in any of those decisions when last couple? Uh, I, I don't think I was. I okay. mean, it's been a while. So. so, you know, for instance, that, that was a real world example. The, the, the service offered a member of ours who had been fired as a motion to a lower, lower grade, um, but kept his career. And the lawyer was, this is absolutely the best deal we're going to get. Um, at that point, the National Executive Board has to vote and it has to be 80%. So it's not two thirds, it's not 50%. I mean, it has to be 80%. And, and every every vote I've been involved in has been unanimous, whether or not we're gonna continue with the case. Um, now, at that point, we don't just drop the client. If he wants to continue with the case, he or she wants to continue with the case, um, they can still contract with our lawyer and he'll, and he'll take care of it. Um, we strongly suggest, and in the two cases I'm talking about, a good resolve came from it. Um, so I don't want, 
the misconception out there that we're going to look at every case as a national executive board and decide whether or not it, it has merit with one proviso. If you've committed a crime, you're charged with a crime. So it's not administrative. <clears throat> They're charging you with theft, let's say. Legal issues are legal issues. That's not that's not what we we don't, you know, we deal with we're not criminal things. lawyers. We're not we're right. not protecting we're not, we're not that you know our lawyer is not a criminal attorney, although he has done that and he, he we've switched lawyers now. Uh, they have done that in the past. Uh, but that's that's the first. If you're commit, if you're, you're, it's not an adverse action if it's criminal. So if it's administrative, and we get to a point where the lawyer says, "Hey, this case, this is the best deal I'm going to get." That's the only time we've ever, uh, and that's why we have the plan. That's why we have it written out. Everybody signs the document when they enter into it uh, with that understanding. So, and just for point of clarification, in in NAPSA's uh, legal defense. They have that same option if a, if a you know if the client chooses to pursue, then it's at their cost. Correct, and it's delineated in their form and, and in their policies. And and their DDF, I think you mentioned this earlier, says you may not have a lawyer. You may not have a lawyer. Right. As we, if you get adverse action issued against you, you're going to have access to our legal team. A bar certified lawyer. Correct. That is an expert in this in this uh, arena. And wins cases all the time and gets court costs. Here's the other thing before we move on. The court costs. So let's get to the end. Let's actually say we get to an MSPB case. We get in front of a judge. The judge says this case has no merit. The service should never have fired this person, which happens more often than you think. Um, we can then, if we get a ruling from a judge. Now, if we get, if we have a settlement before a ruling from the judge, we can't do this. But once we get a settlement from a judge, we can then pursue court costs. Mm -hmm. So let's say, let's use the $12,000, uh, but would be a lot more if it's gone to that distance. But let's just say for argument's sake, we spent, UPMA spent $12,000, total cost is $12,000 and we get $12,000 back. Guess what happens with 25% of that, that it comes back to the client. We mm -hmm. fully refund if it's prorated, if we get, if we only get six, you get 1500 back. If we get the full 12, you get your three grand back. So again, it's a retainer. It's it's not upfront cost by any means. It's not um, you you get benefits of this of our of our CMR program day one. You get benefits of the adverse action counselor day one. Just in the unlikely and let's hope never happens situation where you get adverse action in that first year when it goes to MSBB, um, we actually look a lot like NAPS at that point. Mm -hmm. We'll consult, but you don't get access. And that's the only difference. So um, anything you want to add on that? I think I think that pretty much cleared. No, I think that's, you know, and it's, yeah. and of course we go back to the benefit of being involved in UPMA. Most of our members tend to not get involved because they've learned a lot of the, the things that will get them in trouble and have networked and, and found resources and things. And that's a, that's a not too, you know. Right. And, and not to get too deep in the weeds, it's part of the reason we have a legal defense fund. Our members tend to be, um, you know, postmasters especially is a, a much greater sphere of responsibility. So adverse actions tend to you know, find them on a more frequent basis than some other membership groups. So and it's a nice pivot there. We'll talk about postmasters and we'll talk about representation, the entire representation. And now I'm quoting from the same, um, the same postal supervisor, the most recent one, January 2023, postal supervisor from NAPS. And my friend, Brian Wagner, full disclosure, Brian and I were in the same local in Naps. 
Um, Brian was national president. He's immediate national president of NAPS currently. Um, and he wrote an article called Pants on Fire about representation um, on a LinkedIn article that he found that I wrote, but I actually sent out um, several different ways. He found it on LinkedIn, um, where I talked about representation as a whole, the NAPS lawsuit. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, and what our opinion is in, you know, ostensibly, you know, everybody knows the, the, the rhyme, right? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Mm-hmm. So at the end of it, he's cute. And, and, and Brian's, you know, Brian's very cute with his writing. Um, he, he, you know, denier, denier, pants on fire. Saying that I'm denying what, what my opinion or our, our legal opinion, UPMA's legal opinion of the courtroom. So a little history. So maybe a little background yep. for, you know, the lawsuit. Yep. And, and our involvement in it. So the 2017, I think it was, pay talks came down. Megan Brennan was still still postmaster general. We were still bleeding red ink. Um, it was a pretty, I think it was one page, with three paragraphs was the, the initial um, pay talk agreement that was given to us. I was on the pay talk team back then. Um, I was Illinois chapter UPMA president, uh, but I was on the pay talk team. We didn't like it very much, went backwards and forwards. The final decision, came out um, and we actually contracted with a firm to explore what NAPS actually ended up doing, which is going to mediation. Um, so or it, 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 it's actually delineated again in Title 39 that says, if you don't like the pay talks, you, you can go and we we get a, um, uh, a representative on the team of three, they get a representative and those two pick a third person. And those three, um, arbitrators, if you like, for want of a better word, look at the payback. It's decided if it conforms with the law. And, and that's the fact render, finding. And fact finding. And then renders a decision. And when that decision is rendered, the Postal Service has to give it full and fair consideration. Now, I'm still not sure what full and fair means. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this instance, they we, we were going to go at that point, um, then national co-president Sean Accord and Tony Leonardi went to Megan um, independently and said, you know, hey, we really need these four things or we're going to have to go to fact-finding too. Um, she gave us three of the four things. Um, so we accepted the pay package. NAPS did not. I don't, I'm not aware that they went and asked Megan personally or not. Um, so they went to fact-finding. They got a positive ruling from fact-finding. They then appealed, then, then they gave that fact-finding ruling to the Postal Service, and what did the Postal Service do? Give a full and fair consideration and said no. And told them to pound sent, mm-hmm. right? So then NAPS went to, to court. They went to the district court. Now, this is the point at which UPMA gets involved in that court case. Because... Uh, section 5. Yep. Section 5 talks about representation. Let me pull that up real quick so I have it on my... So I can read. Um, so 1004 of Title 39 talks about representation. Um, and you've got to understand Title 39 is a living document, right? It gets modified. It gets amended. Congress amends it, um, you know, the same as it does any other law. Um, it, it talks about supervisory and other managerial personnel who are not subject to collective bargaining agreements. Upon representation evidence for the Postal Service that a supervisory organization represents a majority of supervisors. So that'd be NAPS, right? NAPS has a majority. To me, a majority is 50% plus one. I think there's 20,000-ish supervisors, just supervisors, level 17 supervisors. Um, They have a majority of them, so they're recognized as a supervisor. 
organization. Here's the bone of contention. Um, that an organization, and in parentheses, it says other than an organization representing supervisors. UPMA stance is that's not NAPS. So it's excluding NAPS. From other. This. Other. <laughs> it's right. Other than the organization represents at least 20% of postmasters. And then it talks about a managerial organization, um, which there isn't any. Represents a substantial percentage of managerial employees. Such organization shall be entitled, blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm -hmm. So NAPS at that lawsuit, when they're arguing about the pay talks, also brought up representation and said to the district court, hey, we see that as we represent everybody. We don't have to have the 20% postmaster uh, threshold. Um, but we represent everybody and we think everybody. The circuit court denied that case. They then appealed it to the DC Circuit Appeal Court. And we went along. The DOJ, the Department of Justice lawyer, stood in for the service at that point. Two pieces of rhetoric. Um, we did not stand opposed to any part of that lawsuit except for the representation part. We're just exerting our rights to our our what we how we, as, we you know as we our were, rights as an organization. Correct. And again, for full disclosure, and we'll go down to uh, let's see here. Similar as if, if NALC had come in and said, "No, we can start representing supervisors now." Perhaps would sure take exception with that. Correct. And and section H one of that says, and this is something that got added in a two thousand three law, I believe. In order to ensure that postmasters and postmaster organizations are afforded the same rights as this section and that and it's afforded to the supervisors or the supervisor's organization, subsections G through G, which we're just talking about, shall be applied with respect to postmasters and postmasters organization by substituting postmaster organization for supervisor organization. So we get the same rights as, as NAPS based on the change. Now, unfortunately, they didn't change the syntax. So the argument was made at the appeal court that, and the appeal court rendered a decision. Now, NAPS is leaning on that, relying on that, and this is where the disparity comes. They did get a ruling from the appeal court. Our legal understanding at the time was the appeal court was going to remand it back to the district court for them to hear it there. They didn't just do that. They ruled on the merits of the case, which were not, which they only got one side. They only got NAPS's side on the appeal. NAPS was making the argument that their case had merit. And it should should have been heard at district court and not dismissed. We and our lawyers at that point thought that that's the only decision they made. Yes, it has merit. Go ahead and hear it in district court. They didn't do that. They rented a decision and they came up with this nested structure. And what they say in nested structure is they read the language um, other than postmaster organization to mean it relieves naps of the requirement to have 20% of postmasters or a significant number of managers in their organization in order to represent them as a group. Okay. We should pause for just a second, just so everybody's fully clear if they're still with us. Great job. Mm -hmm. um, we're not a closed shop. We're not a union. We don't have a contract. So when we go to negotiate, for one of a better word, consult on pay issues for postmasters, we're doing it as a class action. Not all postmasters are members of UPMA. Mm -hmm. um, not all supervisors are a member of NAPS. Certainly not all postmasters and managers are a member of NAPS or UPMA. Right. However, because of the language here, we can consult for pay and benefits for the whole. The Postal Service will apply whatever agreement they make with us 
to all members. The service reads this language that um, if, if you're if NAPS wants to represent an individual member who's not a supervisor, they will recognize that that representation. If we want to recognize if we want to represent a supervisor or a, well, manage it a little different. Let's say supervisor just to make it simple. They will listen to our, our rep because the ELM says representative of your choice. Right. And that's in disciplinary or administrative. Yes, correct. Individual representation. You know, right. or, or it could be a pay dispute. It could be a workplace environment thing. It doesn't have to be disciplinary. It could be any kind of, um, you know, grievance. I hate to use that word, um, but everybody understands it. Any individual grievance you might have against the Postal Service, they recognize UPMA as the representative of Patrick Fisher by virtue of your membership. Right. What they don't recognize, and they still don't recognize this, is UPMA being able to consult on supervisor issues in the globe, and right. like local supervisor issues. Um, and they don't, they haven't conceded that they're going to recognize NAPS as being able to consult on postmaster issues. Um, that's a that's a very good point. So, because a lot of the rhetoric talks about how they've won this historic decision and how right. they can represent everybody, the Postal Service has not changed Correct. how they interact with either of the two Correct. organizations. And, and and rhetoric's a good word. Um, you, you know, first of all, I want to say that the appeal court, although it rendered a decision, they remanded the case back to district court, and it has to be heard in district court. Now, it's quite possible that the district court, and this is very possible, the district court is going to say, well, we know how it's going to get um, ruled on when it gets to the appeal court. They may just take the appeal court decision and render that same decision because they, they, they then know it's not appealable. But that's not necessarily the case. So, yes, SNAP's got a piece of paper from appeal court saying a few things, but the case still has to be adjudicated in district court. We've had hearings on that. Um, we're in discovery right now. The other and the thing postal service, the postal service doesn't consider this to be a settled case. Correct. They consider that they're still in the legal process and they're still Correct. moving forward. Correct. And um, I, I want to make a really important distinction at this point. We are not siding with the postal service. UPMA is not siding with the postal service against the interests of you of, of um, any EAS, UPMA member, NAPS member, non-member. Any of you, we're not we're not siding with the postal service and saying that the pay talks um, uh, fact finding shouldn't be upheld. We're not saying all we're saying is that we, as we read Title Thirty Nine, NAPS has supervisors, we have postmasters, and we share managers. It's basically what our position. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's a third un, uncharted thing, and it's very murky. Um, so it, there is some confusion, uh, you know. Uh, Brian says that there's some confusion. Uh, the United States Court of Appeal has confirmed that NAPS is entitled to represent all USPS supervisors, managerial personnel, and postmasters. Interestingly enough, the appeal court makes this nested structure. I don't believe if it is a nested structure and NAPS is saying they, they're entitled to represent everybody because they have a majority of supervisors, but if everybody's a supervisor, they no longer have a majority. They have 20% of postmasters, same as we do. They don't have 20% of postmasters, but um, it's pretty close. Postmaster positions, let's say. Um, but you have to have a majority of supervisors. I don't believe any either one of us represents 50% plus one of all non-bargaining uh, non unit employees. So there's a couple of discrepancies that we have to let the courts figure out. Um, mm -hmm. 
the the other thing is inside the nested structure if we if it is it does become you know the postal service decides they are going to honor it naps gets everybody we get postmasters and managers which we didn't have before when we weren't asking for um you know we 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 feel like we represent um managers we feel like you know we should be consulting on pain issues the truth is over the years they've applied the pay deal they've given to us to you know, you're a level 20 postmaster, I'm a level 20 postmaster, a level 20 station manager gets the same deal that we got. Um, so it, it's it's a little disingenuous to say that they've, they, that they've had a, um, a, a th that it's fine. Um, you know, and again, I consider Brian a friend. We were very closely, we were in the same district for a long time. You know, our offices were 40 minutes apart. And when he was a postmaster, he bounced back and forth several jobs as, uh, in the service, but he was a postmaster for a while. Uh, NAPS is a good organization, and they just do things a little differently, which is good. Mm -hmm. I think everybody has a choice. Choice is important. Um, yes. But the idea that um, uh, that this is settled law and the postal service, you know, we're, we only get postmasters and nobody else, and they get everybody, including postmasters. It's just not the case as as the law stands today, because um, right. they wouldn't be fighting back in in, in district court to, to try and look for. Um, you know, the, we have we, I, I bring all this up, none of it to, to again to knock naps to to whatever. It was just our response to the couple articles that were in um, in the newsletter this week. And, and it's a it's a kind of a confusing issue. It's a, there's a lot of legalese. There's a lot of you know legal maneuvering as far as moving through the court system. Um, and so that's an important thing to, you know, people get a little, you know, they just, if they hear something, they think that that's what it is, but maybe not understanding the context in which it's a very nuanced, rendered. it's a very new one. I, I listened to, we weren't, we weren't physically, it was still during COVID when they, when the appeal court had the hearing, I listened to our arguments and the, the NAPS arguments and that's, they only heard the one side and they came up with this nested structure. Um, and that may end up being, being how we, uh. Um, how we look at things. I don't know. Um, but two things I want to make clear. If currently, NAPS is not a postmaster organization. It's not recognized under Title It's recognized as a supervisor organization, and they have to have a majority. We are recognized as the one organization that can represent postmasters. Um, the, the, the second part of it is we are not standing with the service against anybody uh, on the EAS ranks for all the other stuff when it comes to pay talks planning and development programs. And, and in fact, we've made some inroads, I believe, especially these last couple of years with a across the board 3% increase. We just had the announcement of the special exemption um, coming back for people, you know, that are having to perform craft work because they're so short in their offices. That's all from a, a direct result of us consulting with the service on everybody's, um, right. everybody's position. And, and and I think that you know by keeping the you know taking those three of the four points there, we've kept a door open with the postal service and have been able to make some great in strides, like you said, and, and getting some of those things and by keeping that that door open and the communication going. Yeah, and you know I, I again Ivan, Brian, Jimmy, Chuck, those guys over there at Naps, utmost respect for what they do and how they do it. Mm -hmm. um, glad that the, we can partner on the stuff that we partner they understand that we have a difference of opinion but i will say this to brian an opinion is just that your opinion is not a fact my opinion is not a fact my opinion is my opinion and when i proffer my opinion 
you can't call on uh, the veracity of that opinion that I, you know, you can't lie about your own opinion. It's my opinion. Um, and, and it's a, it's a studied legal opinion that we've got to, now, obviously we have a perspective, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, the, the, the idea that I'm denying facts is, is not true. What, what is being, is, and it's similar to, to Ivan's um, article. He tells you part of the story, uh, but when you, when you deep into it. So at this point, I think we're good to wrap up here. Um, mm -hmm. I want to invite any AS, any pieces, any non non uh, bargaining unit employee um, can join UPMA today. Go to uh, join.upma.org. Um, I'll have a QR code at the end of the, the thing here. Scan it. Join. It's free for a year. Um, mm -hmm. I believe the benefits that you'll get um, from being a member in your personal development, your leadership development, um, networking opportunities if you're looking for upward mobility. Um, we are the premier managed managerial um, management association is what they call us we're the ma's the management association and within the postal service um, patrick can attest to um you know to we, we, several years we've been spent we've spent with this organization and, uh, uh, part of the reason way, way better off as a as a as a an employee as a person as a father as a husband yeah. i have yeah. learned so much from the people in this organization that it's it's absolutely worth just checking it out and see what's available to you. Yep. So there we are, guys. This is the end of the first, uh, what should we call this? UPMA <laughs> Presidential Conversations. Let's, there you go. Let's give it a name. Um, find us where you can. We have the YouTube channel. You obviously found it because you're here. Um, we are on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. Um, I'm personally on Facebook and LinkedIn. Reach out. UnitedPMA.org is the easiest way to look at what we're, um, what we're all about. Um, the number for the national offices there, you call me, my cell phone is all over that website. Feel free to call if you have any questions. Um, but with that, we're going to let you go. We appreciate your time and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Thank you. <laughs>